1: This is the Successful Life, it's Cory Barrier, yeah come learn with me, take you down the path of our journey. This is the Successful Life, it's, it's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life, it's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in
0: to the Successful Life Podcast. 3, let let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Cory Barrier, and I'm here with Frank LaRosa. What's up, Frank? How are you?
2: Good, how you doing, man? Good to see you.
0: I'm good to see you. So Frank is actually, I'm going to have Frank say what he is because I said financial advisor. He was like, no, 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 sort of, but not really.
2: Right. <laughs> so, 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 uh, which goes in in uh, in tandem with the, the name of my podcast, that is the financial advisor's advisor. Nice. So, okay. So we are the Jerry McGuire, um, Amanda who's in our syndicate program, uh, put, put it the best way. She says, you're like, you're the, you're the Jerry Maguire of financial services. Yes. Uh, which is as, as bad as some, uh, a perfect explanation as you can get. We, uh, advisors and consultants and RIAs, financial planners, uh, people, that, people that manage money for individual investors come to us when they want to move their, their practice from one firm to another firm. So they might want to leave a firm like um, Wells Fargo and okay. uh, go to some other firm. We help go through the process, understand their business, what makes their business operate, the economics of their business, the types of clients, the types of investors that they have. And then uh, we help find the right solution for them. And so sort of in football terms, it's like, it's like uh, being the agent for a quarterback uh, who is a pocket passer. Right. So you don't want so that quarterback doesn't want to go to a new a new team where the offensive coordinator doesn't believe in a pocket passing quarterback. Right. They want a quarterback to be to, to run. Um, you know, you're not going to be a pocket passer and go to the Baltimore Ravens because that's not going to work there. Right. So we help, though, that we help the financial advisor identify the right firm for them to, to go to so that their business flourishes. They can maximize the business and the growth of their business and their clients are going to be uh, better taken care of there. So there's a lot that goes into that. Um, That's a uh, parts, huh? it's,
0: it's a lot of moving
2: parts. It's a lot of moving parts. You can see behind me. I have six monitors. Oh, uh, is that what they, I thought it was yeah. like a sign. I thought it was just a, poor, uh, a poorly designed sign. No, those are those are monitors. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. uh, those are six monitors uh, because we uh, it's information. Um, you know, it's, it's constant information, constant learning, uh, in financial services, rules are changing all the time, policies changing all the time. And so advisors and technology and, you know, FinTech is coming in and, um, you know, private equity money is coming in and changing some of the way things are done. And so we're constantly talking to advisors. We do business nationally. Uh, we probably do business in, in, in all 50 States. Um, I go personally and meet with our larger clients To really, uh, you know, in order for me to do my job the right way, I have to know their business almost as good as they know their business. So I, we do a lot of discovery. Uh, We really get into their heads on um, where they were, where they are, where they want to go. One of the questions that I ask all the time, I don't really know any other way to ask it, but it's what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, what are they trying to get accomplished with leaving firm a and going to firm B what does that look like and it's different for everybody so that's what we do it's very it's 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 fairly complex um and 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 no one advisor is is the same right there's always different nuances and so it's just working with them to try to find you know ed on his on one of the one of the uh calls that we had Ed Milette, mentioned about, you know, the goal is to make someone happy, right? Everyone wants to be happy. So what we try to do is instill that every time they work with someone from my team, so I have 22 consultants. Um, every time they work with us, the end result is to make them happy with the right, you know, so getting them in the right firm so that they're happy so that they can better service their clients. So their clients are happy, right? They can make more money. So their family is happy. Um, their their support team is happy because they're at, they're at a better firm uh that's less compliance heavy or you know it's a struggle to do business at the firm that they're currently at so we move them to another firm that's easier to do business, they're happier, the support staff's happier. It's all ripple effect. So So anyway
0: Real quick, you said you know you go in and you have to understand the people's business as well as they do. What is that process? I mean, how long does that process take? I guess it's different for each company, but let's just say your average client, whatever that
2: is. So yes. So as a way of background, um, I've been in the in the financial services business. Uh, I was a I was a financial advisor. I was a branch manager. I was a complex director. So my last position. before I started my own company nine years ago, I managed a complex, uh, we generated $150 million in revenue. I had, um, I don't know, I think I had 180 advisors that worked for me, that worked not for me, but they were in the, you know, I was was responsible for all of them, staff and all that stuff. So uh, every one of their businesses is a complex type of business. Some advisors may have mom and pops, you know, sort of, your average mom and pop client, where maybe their average account is is two to three hundred thousand dollars of investable assets, but then I can meet somebody where they have, you know, fifty clients, but they're fifty ultra high net worth clients, where the average net worth of the client is you know fifty million, right? So the needs of that advisor are much different than the needs of an advisor that has five hundred accounts, right? right. Average of, you know, uh, the client needs different things. The client. Um, a a client of ultra high net worth um, wealth expects a different deliverable to them. Doesn't like to hear the word no often. And so, you know, you can't be at a firm, a financial services firm that is really compliance driven that doesn't understand the needs of a ultra high net worth client. So because of my background, I've dealt with, you know, billion plus dollar family offices Um, I've been in those meetings. I've had those. So I know what those clients are looking for. So when a client, when an advisor, my client, tells me what kind of clients they have, I automatically make some assumptions about the types of things that that advisor needs in order to deliver the service for that kind of client, right? If if an advisor has clients that are engineers, okay, well, they are very uh, detail-oriented and I know what kind of things that they're going to have to have. Um, if a client, you know, is, has, again, like if they're servicing family offices, uh, there's different types of full service, um, services that, that, that they need. So I just ask lots of questions. Um, I describe, I have them describe their clients, their average client. What's a typical client look like? What do they have in, you know, what do they have in, uh, in, in wealth within the, at the company, but then what's their net worth, right? So someone could be you know someone can have five hundred thousand dollars with you with a particular advisor, but maybe they're worth ten million dollars, but most of the business most of the money's tied up in their business so just things like that sure. um, what their expectations are what are they trying to do what does their staff look like? so we get into the business side of it what does their staff look like what's their service model what's their value prop so when they're talking to an, when they're talking to a client, what separates them from every other financial advisor in the marketplace, um, and through through that discovery, we really get a sense of where they should go um, to imp- to improve their business. Right? We also help them work on some of those things. If I ask an advisor, "Hey, what's your value prop?" you know, and they don't have one, through my discovery with them, I will help them develop what their story should be. Got you know? it. Um, look, most of the ones that we talk to are successful. Sure. Uh, We're not talking to not successful advisors because then we don't make any money. Right. Um, but the, but the reality is a lot of them through a bull market, like we've had, um, I don't want to say are, are, are successful despite of everything that they've done or haven't done, but they've grown. They don't necessarily know how they got there. So they don't know how to get to the next level. And so we'd sort of consult with them on, on what they can be doing to get to the next level. So you
0: mentioned nine years ago, you started the company. Uh, What made you jump from what you were doing with uh, 150 or 80, I can't remember how many you said client or people under you or work that you worked with to starting your own business. I mean, I know from my own personal experience that in 2013 I was forced to go into entrepreneurship, which I've wanted to for a long, long time. Um, and I'm for, and I'm fortunate because I did get forced. I got right. fired. Yeah. And so if same, I had
2: same thing, same thing with me. Okay. So, I mean, you understand them. Well, tell me that, tell me your experience. Yeah. So that. this is one of those things where, you know, I didn't learn, I didn't learn some of these lessons till later on in life. Um, a normal, normal upbringing, my, uh, um, normal upbringing, So there's nothing crazy there. Um, but you know, when I was, I got into financial services really early. I was really good at it. I was a director, a complex manager, uh, thought I was, um, um, you know, irreplaceable, right. I thought I was the shit and, uh, ego and all that crap. Um, and you know, was making good money and, Pushed the envelope on things that I was doing. I uh, thought I it was sort of above, you know, policies because I because I was the shit, right? You know, um, I was running a big complex and I was the number one recruiter in the country and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, I pushed the envelope. I did some things that I shouldn't have done. Um, call it out of necessity, call it out of cutting corners. Um, Do you mind giving me an example of what you mean by that? Is so that
0: something is that is that okay for you to do?
2: Yeah, so uh, so an example is, um, you know, we had holiday parties um, in financial services. They they're really careful with how you're spending your money or how you are spending the firm's money, and so uh, we had a ho- you know a couple of holiday parties uh, where instead of me putting out the money for the holiday party myself and then getting reimbursed for it through, uh, and I can't get into too much detail, but basically we front loaded the expense of the holiday parties. Cause when you have that many people at a holiday party, it's forty, fifty thousand $50,000, right? Sure. I, I didn't have $50,000 to put down on a holiday party. because I had a lot of people. And so we had, uh, through my region, basically prepay, uh, through essentially creating, I'll call it false, false invoices, to prepay the invoice, right? So to prepay the holiday party. So over a period of five months, uh, we, would, we would pay the, the, the country club at the time um, an invoice for an event that didn't take place so that it built up an accumulation of money in the account so that on the day of the holiday party, there was the, let's just say it's 50 grand, 50 grand in the account that they then paid the, um, I see. Paid for the party, right? I, it makes sense to me. Right. Well, cause, but that's not the policy. It makes sense. Sort of the end game makes sense. Um, the motive makes sense, but the way I went about it was the wrong way. Right. And so because our firm had policies about what you could do and what you couldn't do and how to go about getting that stuff paid for. Um, so it was wrong. Um, whether, whether I had support and and guidance from, from the people above me, the end of the day was, it was wrong. So long story short, I got fired for basically abusing the firm's, um, I don't know what they call it, abusing the firm's, um, reimbursement policies, right? Expense policy reimbursement, whatever you want to call it. Were you shocked? Um, I was shocked would be an understatement. (laughs) Um, and I'm laughing now, uh, but as you know, uh, it's not fucking funny when it happens. No. So, uh, you know, in an instant, and I, and I talked about this this morning, as a matter of fact, when we, I re-rolled out our our core values meeting today, and I shared some things with my team that I had not really shared before. And some of it is sort of the why, you know, they always want to know why am I so driven? Why am I, um, I don't want to call, it, you know, have a lack of empathy towards certain things, people not coming in to work and people, um, being common sense uh, shit. Just, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm not coming in today. Cause I'm, I'm depressed. Like, oh. okay, well then how the fuck is staying home in your mind going to solve your problem? <laughs> so true. Right. Um, and the reason I talk about it that way. So, so uh, when I got fired, I was on top of my game, uh, my firm, I never, my firm, they froze all my money. I had no money. Um, like literally, I had no money. I never had a checking account before because I always, I've always been in financial services. So froze, and I can't. There's certain things I can't get into, but um, froze all the money. Blah blah blah. Had to get attorneys, all of that stuff. Um, Stop paying my mortgage. Stop. You know, I, I I turned my 120 thousand dollar Range Rover in and got a different, much cheaper car. Like our debt, da- Like did a lot. Did some things that were not the norm. That I spent the first. 10 ish years of my career building up to. Right. Um, And so at the same time, I'm trying to, so you're basically, it felt like the legs got cut off from underneath me. Right. I lost, I lost who I was. I had no more identity anymore. Um, I, I, you know, you come home and you, and, and your kids ask you, Hey dad, why is all your stuff in the garage? You know, why is all your work stuff in the garage? And so, you, you know, we, we, my wife and I had done a great job at, um, um, not sort of let, they were young at the time. So I have a 21 year old now and I have a 15 year old, two boys, been married for almost 25 years. Um, we got married really early. And so, you know, the lost who I was overnight in an instant, um, I went from, you know, seven figures to zero.
0: So talk about that feeling the next morning when you woke up and realized, God, like, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I am i don't have any money. What so, the fuck am I going to do?
2: Yeah, so. Okay.
3: Attention contractors of the Successful Life Podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. And click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning when hiring a leadership coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out.
2: Well, for the first few weeks, I I basically just stayed in bed. Um, Totally depressed. um, Really in a bad spot, right? Um, You know, and it's dark, really dark. Um, I'm fortunate that I, I don't really drink. I don't do drugs. I never did. I never got into any of that stuff. So fortunately for me, I didn't have any, I didn't have that. There was no call calling to me to do anything like that. Um, but it was really bad. Um, you know, it was all we ever knew. I have a, you know, big house, um, that we finally sort of got to, um, yeah, you know, everyone says, oh, you know, everyone, people make plans and God laughs. Right. Right. And, um, and we had all these plans and it was all working and it went away in an, in an instant. And, you know, it's a reputational thing and it's talked about in the community. And, um, I think, um, they, people talk about, you always find out who your real friends are. When you go through something and it's a real struggle, you find out instantly who your real friends are. The ones that stick by you whether they think you did something right or wrong, they still stick by you and they're there to support you. Um, and aside from losing my career and who I was, I didn't know who I was anymore. the losing the relationships of people that I built their fucking careers mm-hmm. right, guided them, mentored them, put them in positions that that you just stop hearing from, right. They don't. How you doing? That hurt, right? And yeah. in hindsight, it's not necessarily their responsibility to 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 do that, right? But it still hurt. Those are the things I was going through. Um, but look, then I had to have a, you know, you, you had to figure out, okay, what's what's next? And you go from making, you know, high sixes, low low seven figures, to figuring out, shit, I got to go get a job, and every job out there is. Uh, paying a, a buck 50 a year. Like that, that got depressing. um looking, looking at jobs. And so, you know, so I started within a, within about a month or so said, you know what? I had a mentor of mine said to me, Frank, you're, you're really good at recruiting. Go start a recruiting company. You know, I'll, we'll give you a contract. So I got my first contract with UBS and uh, I just started in my house um, with the desk that I had in my office and a phone and started cold calling. Um, so, am um, 30 at the time I was 30, uh, 39, you know, I had this plan, you know, by the time I'm 40, I'm going to be making all this money and fucking went out the door. Right. So at, at 38, uh, I'm in my, my rec room in my basement, which is a nice basement. So I'm not saying it was a slum, but you know, but I'm dialing for dollars, calling advisors, um, I went from being the big shit to being a cold caller, right? Uh, very humbling. And so for me, it was a struggle. My, my sort of—I would say my defining moment, where—and I sort of reluctantly was doing this, thinking something else was going to come out. And you know, if you don't commit to doing something really well, it's going to—it's going to take you forever to get any success. <clears throat> and so for me, my sort of defining moment. Really, I had two defining moments. Um, I remember driving down the street, going past the church, and I know where I was. I know when I When I, I know, literally, where I was on the road, and I remember looking at a uh, utility crew, P-S-E-N-G utility crew, and being envious that those guys had a job. Now here was I was coming from making almost a million dollars a year, and I'm envious of the guy in the hole digging a ditch. That at least he had a fucking job. Yeah. And that was really tough for me. And so, you know, I sort of committed to, all right, my old life is gone. I got to I got to change my direction and I got to start this business. I got to work it. And that was good for a couple of years, maybe two, two years or so. I was able to limp through, fake it through, not acknowledge. uh, You know, I was, I was depressed. I still had tons of anxiety. I had to pull myself out of bed every morning. Cause you know, basically cold calling advisors around the country was not, um, not exciting. What I thought <laughs> I'd be doing at, 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 at that age, right. At middle right. age having to have to rebuild all over again. Um, and you know, it got pretty bad. It's at one point, you know, I remember <clears throat> and this is about as real as it gets. Uh, but this was really what turned the tide and, and why I, uh, I think went what I committed a hundred percent, I called it sort of burning the ships at the shore, right? Burn the ships. So you can't go back. That's right. Um, it was really bad. And I remember sitting down, I, I went home one day for lunch. I was, I moved my, I moved my business to the existing location I have today, um, it still was, wasn't great. And I would just have bad, dark days. And, you know, you sit in your car wondering what the fuck happened to your life and all that stuff. And I remember going home and um sitting my wife down at the table and giving her all the account numbers to the checking account that we had. And here's all the insurance policies and, you know, live your life. And I want you to live your life. But I think I got to I got to do something for the family. That's what I thought, right? I don't think it's, I don't think I can do this anymore. And um, basically I was telling her, I was going to basically put a bullet in my mouth, right? That's
0: what it sounds like.
2: Uh, I mean, that's what I was telling her essentially. Right. Um, uh, That was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And um, I left, I went to church, prayed on it. And, you know, just sort of, I don't want to say heard God talking to me, but essentially had that experience. Sure. And, um, and basically, you know, like, okay, well, that's a quitter. I'm not a quitter and that's quitting, right? Um, that's quitting in your family. And I basically just said, fuck it. Um, I'll just have to outwork this shit. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do something like that. Uh, maybe I was just sort of crying out, reaching out. Um, but it was pretty bad. And then, and then from there, I just decided that I'm going to focus and work as hard as I possibly can to outwork the issues that I was dealing with. So let me stop you really quick. What did your wife say when you handed her all
0: that stuff and you gave her this con or you had this conversation at the kitchen table? I
2: have to know, like, what did she say? Um, you know, she's awesome. My wife is awesome. Um, I have not been the best husband over the years and we've been married for 25 years. So when we got married young, you make some, you make dumb decisions at times, for sure. um, you know, but she's, she's awesome. I don't know if you've met her at the syndicate things or not, but, um, she's the better part of me. Right. And she just believed that we, that it would get better. Right. She believed in me that you know, this is, you're not a quitter. Um, I didn't marry you cause you were a quitter. I married you because you're six, cause I knew you'd be successful at whatever it is you decide to do. And you know, if this is what you have to do, then this is what you do, then make it successful. Um, it was, it was, uh, she was empathetic towards my situation, you know, even though she was struggling also um with your
0: situation or or she was
2: struggling a, with it because she lost her identity too right because she right. was she was the wife of a of of someone a very of my successful stature dude. The firm. Right, right 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 um and so all all of those things that we used to do stopped right um and so she was struggling on in her own right but she but she was supportive of me she understood what i was what i was going through and so we'll get through this and you know you just have to work hard and i'll support you and tell me what you you need me to do. And more or less. Right. And she's always been that way. Um, my wife
0: is very, my wife is exactly the same way. I mean, right. she's so supportive no matter what it is I do, whether she thinks it's a good idea or not, she supports it. I mean, if I tell her I'm going to go run out in the middle of the street, maybe not, but you know what yeah. I mean?
2: Yeah. Right. That's look behind those expressions. is behind every successful man is a strong woman. Yeah. You know what's right? so funny about that? that very statement,
0: uh, Alex, um, yeah. Uh, Dr. Alex posted. Yeah, yes. He posted something the other day about the same thing about his, about his wife. wife. I, I, yep. I remember that. Okay. So I was reading, do you remember, do you remember when Ed was talking about this book? Yep. All right. Yep. So I got on Amazon while he was on the phone with us, while he was doing the call and ordered the book and it's actually really good. So the point is, is there's a spot in there in the book that backs up exactly that.
2: Right. Well, you look at what you look at what Ed, Ed said on one of his calls. I've not, I don't remember if it was an accelerator call or sending good call. We talked about, uh, Christiana and, and what she does for him. Right. and, and what she what she does for him at the beginning, and I can relate to what he was saying because when I was when we were young, and I just started as a financial advisor, I was doing the same thing he was doing. I was cold calling people and going to have them give, have them give a twenty three year old their money, right? Like what the fuck does a twenty three year old know about investing money? I wouldn't right? think a thing. <laughs> but I used to bring my wife with me, fiance at the time, wife then, right? Because she would talk the softer stuff. She would be this, Right. but she was she supported me working till eleven o'clock at night um and you know and she still she still does that right so we've so as i've grown my business and we, we you know we've grown exponentially over the last couple of years um you know i worked from i, I on a, on a normal day i i work from eight in the morning till nine o'clock at, at night nine thirty at night um because i we work with people all over the country. So it's, you never know what we're going to have a call or whatever. And as an entrepreneur, you're always working. So it's not like, I. so when I say I'm working, like I'm in the office on the phones, talking with my team, talking with advisors, traveling. I just came back from Denver. I was in California. And so, you know, she's, she she supports that. And she has, she puts up with it. Um, And, uh, you know, and she'll always say, what can I do to help you? And I, and my response is, uh, just, you know, be happy with what you're doing, take care of the house in terms of whatever needs to be taken care of. If you can make a doctor's appointment for me here and there, great. Um, but really be happy, right? Because if she's happy with whatever it is she's doing, it's less for me to take on when you've been, I don't know how long you've been married, but, um,
0: almost five years. Okay. This is number three.
2: Okay. Got it. So when you're when you're married as long as I have been married. Um and you not that you're not like this if you're not married long, but the longer you're married, the more connected you get. Right. Like right. in everything. And so if in order for me to be successful, right, I need her to be successful in whatever that she's whatever it is that she's doing. And it's not working or whatever, but it's just being happy. Because I feel her pain. I feel her anxiety. I take on that responsibility. We're guys, right? We want to fix shit. Yes. Right? Which and so, it's not
0: always the smartest thing.
2: No. <laughs> no, 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 Right. Yeah. Hey, little marriage advice. You can't don't always try to fix your wife's problems. She just wants you to listen. That's it. Right? Exactly. Um yeah. So anyway, um so, you know, that's sort of where I've come from. And it's um I had to sort of rebuild you know, at a, at a, at a older age um, and not have it affect my, my, my family, my, my older son, you know, that was per- during a period of time where he was in high school and um, you know, you don't want it to affect your kids. Uh, you don't want your mistakes to affect your kids. Sure. And I didn't want my mistake to affect where he wanted to go to college his whole life. Well, you know, his whole life, he wanted to go to Bucknell. He visualized it. He, that's all he That's that that was it right And he's there and it's awesome um but you know for me um i i don't know the my advice to people is is uh and i don't know where we're going with this but is you can almost outwork any problem right um anxiety and stress and i know uh uh, uh andy's been talking about that a lot and it's true um and some people i get this sort of reputation in my at my firm and and sometimes in town like I don't have uh I'm not empathetic to those things and it's not that I'm not empathetic towards it but what I'm not empathetic towards is someone that is suffering with anxiety but calls out of work and just stays home because they have because they're they're depressed right when I know that's the complete opposite of what you're what you should be doing you have to th- because you, now you're home and you have all this space in your head and time to think about uh, how bad your life is. Yeah, exactly. Right? So 100%. it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't accomplish anything for your family. Nope. So for me, the solution is throw yourself into work and being positive and helping people. What, what really uh, what really changed my business, and and one of the things we talked about today, is one of my our, our first core values is commitment to client, right? And the reason I put that is, as a core everyone that's like obvious oh of course core value come into client but for us it's what had my business grow exponentially uh, we've been doing this about nine years about f- four years ago three years ago it started growing exponentially where I went from putting putting me and making money right on the trade right oh we're gonna I'm only gonna only gonna work with firms that are gonna pay us the most money. Right, to let's work with all of the firms, irregardless of who's paying us what, because it's going to end. The end result is going to be we're going to be able to deliver a better service for our advisor client. We're going to be able to take our client first and find them the best possible home. Not not that I didn't do that before, but um, we take a lot more care and understanding and due diligence about what's out there and what's available for that client. And when I did that, uh, it grew, it's, my business started growing exponentially, um, because we put the client first. Um, I don't know where we're going with that. Really no, I would love for you to keep on with the core values. Cause I, I, I 100% <coughs> agree with you
0: that, you know, I, you probably had not, I, shouldn't, I don't want to say bad
2: intentions, but your intent were, it didn't line up really. It was short-sighted, right? So it was short-sighted, um, we, I wanted to quick trade. I wanted to work with someone that wanted to move right away and I would find one or two solutions for them and, and we would just make that just make that call versus taking the time. In, in my business, one of the challenges in, in, in this business is uh, my turnaround time on working with somebody could be upwards of a year or two. So right. I can talk to somebody today that may not move for a year and a half. So I don't get paid until they move. Right, right. Um, so there's scalability issues there, which is another whole nother topic. But, um, you know, uh, but that, that takes time where I was going with the empathy thing is one of our core values is um, the connection, the, the affirm the firm, firm family connection. And the reason I put firm family and not family and firm, right, is because, candidly, because of my experience, because I believe that if you have a if you're successful at work and you're having a good day at work. So let's forget about success. You're having a good day at work. You might be having issues at home, but if you have a good day at work, it makes you it gives you the ability to better handle the issues at home. Yeah. Right? Yes, 100 percent right? If you have a shitty day at work because you're negative and you're whatever and you're just not working hard, and so you're not working hard, so you're not making any money, then it makes it even more difficult to handle inevitable stresses that you have at home well you're going to handle it totally different right i mean totally different it's like two different people almost right you have a bad day at work you're going to go home and kick the dog right you have a great day at work you close a big deal um you go home and something happened at home your mental attitude is going to be different very um and then and then the same and then if you have an issue at home you know a negative issue at home you have to be careful about bringing bringing that to the office because it could affect the positive or negative course of your of your business, which ultimately um, again affects your family right so, so
0: to break sorry but to break no, okay. that point down, Frank, you said you know just like going home and having a good day at work or having a bad day at work and going home the, the outcomes are going to be different. you just flip that if you come from a shit, from a shit storm at home and you bring that with you, your clients are going to feel
2: that
0: because of the incongruency,
2: right? You're uh, that's the best way to put it. So we, we use connection. It's just easier to say, but it's congruency, right? You're going to be, you're not going to sound great on the phone. You're going to talk to a client and you're going to be depressed and you're going to be, you're not going to sound energetic and you're, so your client's not going to believe in what you're saying because you sound like shit, right? You don't, it's just a bad attitude. And so, but I I've seen, and I've had people that have come work here that came with nothing. And because of the opportunity that we've created here are living really nice lives. Right. And, and that's what gets me going. But for me, I believe that not all your problems, but a lot of your problems at home can be, can be, Oh, outworked. Okay. Right. If you're, if you're depressed, go work harder, right? If you have anxiety, a lot of times people have anxiety. Um, Not all the time. And I'm not a doctor and I don't want to pretend I am, but, but finance is one of those things that gives people the most anxiety, right? Absolutely. Okay. So then go work your ass off to make more money and not to say all of your financial problems will go away but it'll certainly make it easier for you to handle some of those financial problems. So,
0: all right. So let me ask you this, you know, that, that's a, such a strong point. Um, what, so, so for me, for example, I've been, I think I, to, I just told you, uh, maybe off camera. I don't think I told you why we were on, but you know, I lost my hormone clinic in October of 2018. It was my baby. I built it and lost everything. Well, yeah. Then I dove. I, I did, I did, I dive straight into really working it on myself and I know there's a greater purpose for me. And I, and so somebody asked me, I don't know if my mom or somebody, she said, were well, you going to go back to personal training? And I said, no, I'm not going to go back to personal training because I I've, I've already seen the next level. There's, I'm not going to go backwards because right. then it could prevent me from getting to the level that I'm supposed to be at. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, so for me, um, I know because of the, the, the knowledge and experience that I, I have within, within the business, I know that m- my clients are better off after they work with me. I just know it. It just is what it is, right? Sure, because sure. I'm better than my competition. I, I was, I've done it. I've been in their shoes. Very few of my competitors have the background experience that I have. Right? So I know I am doing good, right, and I am helping our clients because of my background, right, and so that drives me. Uh, that, and if someone doesn't want to work with us, unfortunately, they may not. You know, it may not end well for them, right? They may go someplace and it may be fine, but it might—it's not going to be the best place. And I also know how to negotiate better than all of, them, all of my competition. So I know that I'm going to help my clients get more money, make more money on their transition and payouts and economics and all that stuff. Right. That's what keeps, that's what, um, that's what keeps me going. But in terms of evolution, it also means that I want to change the, change the business landscape in my, in my, in my space. Right. So I want to be able to take what I know because I'm doing it differently. We're growing a business differently than my competition. I want to grow it so big that I can dictate pricing within our industry. Right. That's, that's how big I want to get it. And and, you know, that didn't really click. Well, candidly, it didn't, it it didn't really click until I, I joined the syndicate right in thinking bigger. Um, I'm in a, in a decent, you know, I'll say it's a fairly wealthy town in New Jersey. Um, but not the kind of wealth, you know, you're sort of, it's your, the temperature gauge, right? Right. Um, and I thought that, you know, building my company to a certain size, would be great until I got into the syndicate and realized you're a loser, dude. Like if that's all you want to do, right. Bigger goals. Right. Right. And, um, you know, what's, what's bigger than being able to dictate pricing within an entire industry. Um, It's a great feeling. Um, It's, it's a lot of work, but I don't know. I I love what I do. Yeah.
0: So why do you want
2: that? What is that? So at the end of the
0: day, if or when you accomplish being able to set the prices in your industry, what is that going to do for you
2: personally? Meaning, What's the why behind that? Yeah, so the why—it's interesting. There's a couple of why's behind that, and and some of it is um, some of it is—I'll call it old wounds from from what happened, right? Okay. Um, the f- you know sort of like fuck you, I'm um, yeah. You know, I don't know if we're allowed to use curse language. Oh, right? of course. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I'll I'll show everyone, right? um not on a not in like a, i'm going to go after them right i don't want to harm anybody right but um it's a good feeling right to essentially be kicked out of an industry that and then become and then become a sought after industry expert <laughs> right um to me that's pretty fucking cool that's super um, fucking cool and you know it's also that i i know that if I can if that's my goal, so Ed talks about have a goal and a vision big enough that everybody can fit in it, yes, and so for me, I want everybody that that works for me to make a ton of money right um, the end result of course, is if they're making a ton of money, then I'm making a ton of money, but sure. what drives me is for everybody to better their lives because they are f- associated with me sure, and so if I can and if I can change. If my goal is to, I can't think of anything bigger than other than big build the business so much that you have so much influence that you can change pricing. That's pretty huge. Right. And so, you know, that's 50, 60 offices and that's, you know, I don't know how many people in each, in each office and whatever that looks like. All I know is the end game is I want to be able to affect pricing within our business. Sure. And if I do that, everybody that's affiliated with me that comes along for the ride will make a shit ton of money. Right. And will help their families, right? And solve whatever issues that they're going through. And so the it's sort economy. of this ripple effect. What's yeah. that?
0: And the economy. Like you know, people think, well, oh, he makes X, Y, Z. Yeah, but you're giving people jobs, which gives them money, which that's money that they get to spend, which right. in turn helps our economy.
2: Right. It's a it's a it's a ripple effect. So that's a sort of a, it's a big vision. I don't know how you know I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm but I'm going to get there.
0: Well, you know, I, for me, so I have to stop when I have, you know, I have vision of things that I want to get done and I have certain numbers that I want to hit. If I think about, if I try to figure out how I'm going to get there, I'll be sitting in this office spinning my wheels. Right.
2: So, so you know, you know, it's interesting. Someone said, cause this is a point that I, I was just thinking about your situation, right? People say this whole thing about, Oh, f- you know, find out what you're passionate about and then go, go you know, go make money doing it, right? Uh, if that was the case, I'd be, a, I'd be a, a, hunt, a hunting guide in Colorado right now, right? But I can't fucking make any money being a hunting guide in Colorado because I love hunting. Okay. Um, Montana, whatever you call it, right? The reality is the truth is, as Andy would say, the truth is you have to find out what you're good at, what you're good at, and then go do that. God.
0: You have no idea how appropriate this, that, that very statement is. And I'll tell you why. And I apologize for cutting you off. But if, no, I, if I don't, good. I'll forget. Glad. So I was talking to, um, he's an ex-professional soccer player. And I don't, right. don't want to mention his name. Um, and I had reached out to him to come on the show. And we started talking and he knows Andy and Ed. He did some I don't know within with some kind of talent or some shit this year. I didn't really ask a lot of questions cause it's not my business. Right. Um, but he was like, so, you know, we, so we just started talking, you know, we were on DM just talking and he, and I said, look, you know, it's funny because I feel like I'm going in a hundred different directions. And, and and so my, I'm kind of scattered. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I was just really being honest with him. yeah. Like, look, well, He's like, well, dude, you could start a course, which I've already, I've already designed a course. I just never put it out because it's about teaching personal trainers how to sell themselves. Right. Because the reality is, oh, they don't. Uh-huh. No, they know how to train, but they suck at sales. And if they suck at sales, they're going to suck at the relationship between them and the client. Right. And so, I bought the bullshit that I fed myself and said, you know, turn it into a book. So I'm having it turned into a book. But then after having this conversation with this guy yesterday, he said, you know, Corey, don't overthink this, dude. It's it's simple. This is how simple it can be. Yeah. And so the problem is I don't want to fucking do fitness. I don't want to do any. I've done it for so long. So
2: so you're not doing fitness, right? And so I'm going to stop you right there because someone said to me, Frank, why don't you go, why don't you, get into advisor coaching, like so coaching them on the, the business side, like how to, how to go after clients and you know, like pay to do that. Right. And I do some of that on my podcast, um, the financial advisors advisor podcast, but it's not the same thing as sitting down with an advisor every single day and coaching them and all that. And the reason is because I've done that before. I don't want to do that. I like, I, I love the business and I love their business I just don't want to talk to them about – I don't give a shit about asset allocation theory and modern portfolio theory and blah, 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 all these things. I don't care about that, right? I like the business side of it, and that's what gets me going to help my clients with the business side of it. So what I would tell you is if you know fitness, right, and you know personal training, then teach those people what you know about the business and the entrepreneur side of it and And really, that's and you can really help improve their lives, because I see them all the time. My wife's into fitness and all that stuff, and she talks to these trainers, and they how many you know they, they come in, they get their certifications, and they're gone after six months because they yeah. couldn't get any clients, or they couldn't keep their clients, right? So shit, I would tell you, if that's what you're good at, so where I was going with that it was at the beginning of my career. In, in recruiting, it wasn't like I didn't dream of having a recruiting firm. Right. I just did it out of necessity, but I was good at it and I was good at it before. And so until I really found the purpose and the, in the, and how me being good at it helps other people, that's when it clicked. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, I fucking, I, now I fucking love this. Right. Right. Cause I'm helping people because it's, it's, I'm doing these people a disservice by not helping them. Sure. And so no, you, you should do the same. That's the way, that's the way you got to look at it.
0: No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and selfishly, I pulled back because I guess fear set in or whatever it was. I thought about it too long. I, well, you call it whatever, but something, you know, I was just like,
2: you know, I, I just, I bought my own bullshit. Paralysis by analysis. Yes. Yeah, overthinking it. Call whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, but you got to yeah. look. You you got to just you got to figure out what you're good at, and then do that. And I and I always say rinse and repeat. Figure what you're good at and just do it a lot, and, sure. and eventually you'll be successful at it. And just right. just it's outworking whatever problem that you have. Um, you know, you've been going through this. I uh, for me, I still have anxiety. I still get stressed, and still worry about business and all that stuff. But I just know that the for me, the cure is, is just work harder. Just work harder. Have a great conversation with an advisor and I get pumped up. Like when the advisor is so appreciative of the advice that I gave him, that gets me pumped up. It's because you're helping right. him. Right. Yeah, oh, my God. Right. Get me on the phone with somebody else, guys. That was awesome. Right. You know, it's like my fuel. Sure. I totally identify with that. 100%. Yeah, I
0: totally agree with you, and and I guess it's not coincidental that we're having this conversation after I just talked to this other guy, and he was like, look, like I said, keep it simple, and then you brought this, I don't even know what sparked this, but something you said, I believe, sparked this whole conversation about the the training thing, but the way he laid it out was really simple, and and, and I, I I overthought it. Sorry, I have a train going by my office. Oh, it's all right. It happens. happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the reality is, you're right. I'm not helping anybody without putting the course out.
2: Right. Um, I, I will tell you in turn if you if you're telling yourself you're going all over the place, that that definitely will hurt you, right? Because you're not doing anything really well. Right. Um, Ed talked about that, about um, doing too many things at the same time. You got to you got to do one thing really well, and then expand on it. I'm just getting to that. Point now where I'm starting to. If I'm adding a couple of other, might be buying another business, but it's a business that ties directly into this business. Okay. So I'm not. It's not like I'm going to go out and buy a you know burger, or, you know a hamburger place, right? Right. It's something that ties directly into what I'm doing now, so I don't spread myself too thin thinly. But it adds a different dynamic to, to the to the business. Um, because I when I started my business and I was thinking about other things and, and this business, I wasn't doing it well. And I would say, so my advice to you would be, you know, I would throw yourself into that. There's, think about how many trainers are out there. They all want to build these businesses. They all, I mean, the online thing is is important too, and how, how to develop that. A lot of it comes down to how do they sell themselves in their communities in, you know, wherever they are, there are gyms. And, and I think that there's a, there's a business for that. And if you know that business, well, I mean, I've lived it. I've done it. And, and, I mean, I'm a master personal trainer and
0: nutrition coach. And I, I mean, I start they 2013 when I got fired. Well, then I had to start, I had to really start my business. Right. And I built it from, I think I carried, I always sold really high packages and I sold really high packages because people forget about how high it is over three, four, five month period. And so all of my clients, except for two were locked into, you know, a, a right. huge deal. And so I couldn't take them with me. Um, and yeah, yeah, I had to rebuild and start completely over and I would go drive from gym to gym and it was a clusterfuck really,
2: but, but it was what needed to happen. Right. Yeah. So you need, you need to take all those skills and, and go to people that really need your help. That's the way you got to look at it. They need your help. because yeah. They're trying to build their lives and their careers. If you can go help them, you know, that's powerful. And then, and then, when you start to see those results, you get pumped up, and you'll keep doing it more. And no, I agree
0: with you. I
2: totally agree. And I'm glad you pointed that out because that's a, it's
0: such a tremendous point um, that I don't know that I would have. I don't know if I would have looked at it that way if you hadn't mentioned it. Well, there you go. So helped you. Yeah. So thank you. That's awesome, dude. Absolutely. So, um, what was I going to ask you? Well, it it escaped me, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I have no idea. Um, but I do know this, it's almost at the top of the hour. I don't know how your schedule is or whatever, but we can wrap up with just a couple of things. What would you say to somebody that's maybe in, that was in your shoes nine years ago? You've kind of already said it, but let's just, I, I want to ask you again, in case somebody didn't hear, the advice when you're in that long dark hallway that seems like there's absolutely no fucking light at the end yeah the
2: only light that you can see is the gun maybe in your dresser drawer or whatever yeah and and i and the reason i that's so relevant to me because i've had some folks friend close people of of mine do that um a couple of years ago one of one of the uh coached youth baseball and was going through a really nasty divorce. And I was sitting right here in this office and got a call from my, the other coach on the team and said, I'm not going to use the name, obviously. And told me, this is a guy, there's a successful, uh, prosecutor, blah, blah, blah. Like went after tough guys, you know, like went after prosecuted, like the mob, right. Put a bull in his head over a divorce. And so, what I would tell people that, you know, everyone goes through dark days. Um, there's, always, there's always ways to fight through it. So for me, it was work. For me, it was, um, I used to go to this church down the street, um, like a chapel every day. And I would just sort of go inside uh, quietly. There's no one there. And I would just sit there and, and pray to God just, or just not even pray to God, just sit there. Right. Sometimes it's the only place where my anxiety sort of subsided a little bit. I just felt I hate to be. Um, I just felt like God had his arms around me when I went in there. Like, yeah. like, dude, it's gonna be OK. And I did that every single day for for a couple of years because uh, it's right down the street. So I would go get my lunch and then I would go in and sit there for, you know, I mean, there were some times where I would fall asleep because I was so riddled with anxiety that I. Couldn't sleep at night or whatever, and I'd go in there and a piece would come over me and whew, just fall asleep. Uh, and then all of a sudden ideas would happen. Or I get a call from somebody. Um and so I'm like, shit, like all all the whenever I do this, something good happens. So let me keep doing it. There must be a connection somewhere. Well, it gotta be a connection, right? <laughs> um, like if it so the log strategy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? If it keeps working, I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, for um, sure. And so what I would say is you know, there's always, a, there's always, there's always, um, a solution. There's always a way to work through your problems. Um, somebody that you know has either gone through them or know someone that has gone through them. And so talk to people, don't be embarrassed about, uh, and I used to, you know, be the, I'm the tough guy. I'm a boxer, right. And I'm, uh, you know, tough guy, never talk. And I didn't want to talk about this stuff for a long time. This is really some of the first times I'm talking about this. So, Um, but everyone goes through stuff, no matter how tough you are. Um, sometimes the tougher they, people, the tougher people act, the worse they are inside. Um, because the, the toughness is a, is a, is a a, facade, it's a facade, right? Um, so, but for me, it's, it's outworking, outworking the, the anxiety, uh, just throw myself into work and not forget about my family but understand why I'm throwing myself into work because if I have a great day at work, again, if I have a great day at work. My anxiety is a little bit less when I go home. And so I'm, I'm a better husband and I'm a better dad, right? Um, I can handle stuff better. And so for me, that's, that's how I, I work through that stuff. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Um, I listen to, uh, I, I read, um, uh, I don't, it takes me, I'm a, not a great reader, so I have to read things often and I can only read in little, in, in spurts just to hear stuff. Um, I listen to music. Um, here's something that you can post because this is phenomenal, but I listen to a band and even, and this is new, so it wasn't back then, I listened to different, to different kinds of music, but I listened to a band called Skillet. Okay. Uh, and it's, you know, you, you know, I'm like a conservative guy or whatever, but <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> skills a rock band, but they're a Christian rock band, and they're not. Their songs are not overtly um, like Christian, right? Right. Um, but they write music for the everyday person. They write music for people that are struggling with anxiety and depression, and being down and being, you know, you know, in a position of loss and whatever. And as I, and I listen to, the, I'm obsessed with listening to this music right now. Um. um because it's so inspiring to listen to, it brings it reminds me of where I came from and where I am today, which motivates me right, which makes me feel proud um but it's awesome music, and so find that right like you're just sitting in your car and you just listen to something that gets you going. you just need that little something that little that little something to get you out of bed in the morning and then and then go from there like just get out of bed in the morning, then just get to the office, then just make some phone calls like, and things will start to build, um, talk to people that you know in your community that are going through stuff or talk to anybody. Right. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's how I, that's how I do. I still do it today. It's not like I'm like, like, you know, fucking awesome. I still have bad days and, uh, you know, struggle with stuff. And, uh, but again, I go back, I, I feed my brain, um, with positive things. So let's go there for a second, just really quick. Um, I'm a
0: huge believer in, you know, I think you probably, you saw Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Um, I am a huge believer in what you think is how things are going to turn out. Oh, thousand percent. A thousand percent. And I think if people could wrap their head around that, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you think you can do something, you can, if you think you can't do something, then you won't be able to do it. And those are just as simple as that sounds. That's a, f- that's facts.
2: Oh, that's a fact.
0: No question that's about it.
2: I've, I've lived it. Um, I have, uh, I mean, we, when I first went, when I went to the first live event and I was telling the story, so I didn't know, anything about, I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't, um, a couple of years ago, you know, my thing was my wife was like, Oh, you'll listen to this podcast. I'm like, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to grow. Right? I don't, I gotta work. I gotta work. Um, I don't have the time to, so in business you work in the business and you work on the business, right? This right. is the time of year you work on the business, but it should be the same thing in life. In life, you live life, but then there are going to be times where you have to, uh, work on your life. So there's living the life and there's working on your life. So Kim, my wife, used to uh, listen to, she's, you gotta listen to this guy. It's MF CEO, And he's blah, 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 blah. And, and he, oh my God, all the things you've been telling me, I understand now. and really helped our marriage. Um, I believe it. Uh, because she didn't understand the life of an entrepreneur. I was the life of an executive at a financial services firm. So I actually work Significantly harder than I ever did before, of course. It's like every entrepreneur out there, if you haven't figured that out by now, it's more rewarding, right? Um, but um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Sorry, I interrupted. No, that's okay. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, so listen to these podcasts and uh, visualization. And so I started listening, it was awesome. Go to this event this first live event. She's like, Oh, and for five grand or whatever the number was, I forget the time you can, you can meet them for dinner, sit with, sit with them for dinner, have dinner with them. And I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. So I do it. And I sort of visualized, I started visualizing. I've always, I always did some of that stuff, but never knew I was doing it right. I always sort of was goal oriented back in the day when I was younger, it was about being goal oriented. Well, it's the same thing as visual, you know, you know, visualizing it, you right. goal oriented figured out I gotta figure out how am I gonna sit next to either Ed or Andy. I'm not sure and you know, so I just sort of imagined what it would be like and sure enough I'm my, my I brought my CL with me. Ed sits down right next to us. I'm not gonna get into the details, but he sits right and we have a three hour great conversation. It's awesome. I come home, tell my wife it was it was awesome. This it's this syndicate Arte thing. I don't really know what it means. I don't understand it. Uh but people are walking around with all these shirts on. I, I didn't get it, right? Um, I all I know is I sat next to Ed my and I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to visualize somehow. I'm going to be, I'm going to be on his patio looking over that Lake in his house and I'm going to do it. And then sure enough, like six months later, there I am. We're at the house, right? Right. Uh, there I am. And so in Idaho, in Idaho, quarterly Idaho. Um, so I, I actually get worried about not visualizing stuff. Um, I caught myself about six months ago. Um, this is how paranoid I am about this stuff, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like they talk about, you, know, you visualize negative things, you get negative things with, uh, well, I don't want to talk about what, what what we talked about in Coeur d'Alene, but I caught myself getting some change from somebody once. I gave them some money, a 7 or whatever, and I had like three pennies in my hand. And I almost threw them out. I was about to like, I don't what do, I, what do you want these for? I almost threw them in the garbage. Right. And I'm like, oh my God. What what am I telling the universe? Ooh. If I throw these this if I throw money away, regardless of how much it was, if I throw money away, I'm telling the universe I don't want money. I don't need it. Right. I that's, was like, Oh man, I better never do that again. That's I just smart. caught myself. And, and for that, from that day on, I, I don't, I keep it all together, but that's, it's visualization. So what we were talking about in terms of sort of coming full circle, if you're in those bad situations, right, visualize what it will be like when you're not in that situation, visualize what it will be like to not be depressed and not, you know, not be anxious, Right? What does that look like? What does that feel like? I know Ed talks about this, but it's the truth. What is it? Um, <clears throat> I used to go to a therapist. Like well, we have a therapist that we call him fa- we call her a family coach, right? Okay. That we go to, she's awesome, and um, she used to do this thing to me with me about uh, if you go to an event that you're not really sure you want to go to and whatever, she's like, close your eyes and visualize. Uh oh uh, visualize, I don't know if you saw that or not, but I my, did, um, my, my battery's running out on my, on my laptop, okay. um, visualize after the event. Right. And what was it like? And oh my God, we had such great conversations and oh, this was so nice. And we had this and we laughed and like almost like pretend. you yeah. already we went through the thing. Right. And that was really, that was really, that was really, uh, instrumental for me. So that's what I would tell people. I think that's probably the
0: best piece of advice anybody's ever said on the show because it, well, for two reasons. One, I totally believe that. And two, I know that if you do what you just said that you'll come out on the other side, probably just like you've visualized. Right. Most likely. Awesome. I've experienced the same thing. I'll um, so, tell you this quick story. Is your, are you good on your thing? Are you good on your, uh, is your, phone? Oh, shit. Is your computer going to die? I just want to show you this really quick. So I don't know. Sun's so bright. You can't really see it. Well, the point is, is it's a picture of a model T. And one day I was sitting out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. My wife had a, she's a photographer. She was shooting pictures for a couple and I was sitting in the car cause I don't, I don't do pictures. I sit in the car. And I was listening to thinking we're rich for probably the fifth time and they talked about when he rolled out the first Model T. And in my mind, I thought, wow, what the hell? The Model T, I'm trying to picture that. 30 seconds goes by, and that fucking truck pulls out of the
2: of a garage. Oh, we lost it. I
1: think. Yes, we
0: definitely lost it. Well, he may try to beat back in. God that sun is really bright. Well, let's just say he does, is not able to come back on. He mentioned his computer was a really low battery. So who knows what happened? I'm assuming the computer died. But um unless he clicks back in in just a second, we'll just go ahead and wrap up. And so the the I- at the end of the day, what we're discussing is really is visualization, which I'm sure you know if you've listened to anybody of any influence whatsoever they'll tell you that visualization is, visualization is a true thing and i mean like i said i know for my own experience that uh, shit works um and so i was holding up a picture of a model t and you know i that story is so profound for me that I mean, I was a believer, you know. I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I can picture something in my mind, that it's going to come true. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, there's sometimes you have to be patient because you may be going through the process of getting to that bigger picture, and so. You just have to remember, like it's a process. Everything is a process, and you're just going through that process now. So uh, it looks like his computer died, so let's rock and roll. We'll wrap this up, and thank you, everybody, for – nope, here he's coming. Perfect. There we go. Can you hear me? Check your volume or you're mute or something
2: I can see you Hmm. You can't hear me?
3: Can you hear me okay or no? Are you frozen? He looks kind of
0: frozen. Okay. Well, maybe he's Hey Hey Corey? Yes.
2: Uh, dude. <laughs> I know what happened. <laughs> I know what happened. My fucking computer ran out of uh Do
0: <laughs> yeah. you see me? Yeah, I can. Oh, that's too funny. That's,
2: that's I, funny. Did...
0: I just continued talking and I said, no, you're fine, dude. Like I I realized what happened. I was just like, well, he may or may not come back on. uh," And I just kind of finished up with what we were saying, which, you know, at the end of the conversation, really visualization is, is one of the things that you can do if you want to make a change in your life. And part of that is a decision to be able to visualize. You have to make that decision.
2: Right. It, oh my God, it's so funny you're saying that because we, we did our core value meeting today, right? And I have some folks here that are,
0: um, let me
1: shut my door.
2: I have some folks, um, you know, like everyone does at a company that, you know, are going through some stuff. And I'm trying to explain to them the visualization thing. And, you know, some of them will believe it and some of them, some of them will not yet, right? And you have to have gone through stuff and visualized To to understand it and really believe it, you have had to have experienced it. Yes. And I said, look, the people that – generally what I've seen is people that haven't – they say, oh, I don't necessarily believe that. I've tried it and it doesn't work, right? I'm like, well, you didn't really try it then because you might have pretended to visualize what you wanted, but in the back of your mind, you always – you never believed it. And so there's that expression, um, you know, if you uh, see, it, seeing, see it to believe it, right? What I say is you have to believe it to see it. Yeah. And so yeah. it's a faith, right? It's a faith thing. So one of, our core, one of our core values is faith. It's not a religious faith, but it's a, it's a faith uh, about the process. And it's a faith about being positive. Faith that things will work out if you bring the right passion and attitude and positivity to any situation whether it's work whether it's you know it's just believe it right um but it's tough it's tough for people to 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 believe that if they're still struggling uh when I went through what I went through a bunch of years ago we met with a friend of mine who was a pastor um and you know one of our questions was well, how long is this going to take like all I want to know is how long is it going to take for us to get through this and he was like however long God feels it's going to take, you know, to, for you to learn the lessons of not being humble and, and arrogance and this, that, and the other thing. Right. Um, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I don't want to hear that. Right. Um, and so, but what I learned is you can get through anything, Like you can get through anything. Okay. Yeah, medical stuff, you know, there's certain things you just, you can't get through, right? That is what it is. Um, but even now, like, my, my, so my, my executive assistant, my assistant's husband is going through uh, some cancer treatment, literally, as we speak, like, literally right, like today. Um, and he has such a great attitude about the whole thing. And he's putting forward, like, he's got a blog and just found out about this. And he's basically talking to people, hoping to connect with people that, maybe don't have the right attitude about it. Right. Um, I said to her, I said, yeah, Mike, Mike has such a great attitude about the whole thing. I'm really proud of him and this, that, and the other thing. And he's just handling it. He's handling it really well. He believes he's going to get better. I believe he's going to get better. We all do. Um,
0: and I guarantee you it will be different than what the doctors have said. If he's going to with that attitude, he is absolutely going to beat it and he's absolutely going to live probably 20 more years
2: absolutely he hasn't gotten sick he's just handling it because he's bringing the right attitude to to it right it's a negative energy positive energy thing so um you know i don't know i can't survive the other way what i've learned about me personally is i can't survive the other way i don't look backwards often right i um, <clears throat> my wife does this often, but for me, it's not that I don't want to, um, think about things in the past, me looking backwards. And I don't, again, I don't talk about my past all that much, only unless it can help me in the in the future or, or if it can help me like help someone like you, right? Sure. Or whoever else, um, because it doesn't serve a purpose to look in the past. Even you're Right. Right. Even when I, you know, if my wife and I argue about something, right? right. She you know, wants to hold on to it, like you know, she must want to hold on to it. I just move on. Even at work, if we, if I get an argument with somebody at work. Uh, once it's over, I move on. Sure. Like okay, we had an argument, we disagreed, we hashed it out, move the fuck on. Yeah. Next, like let's let's get back to making money here. Like it's like think it's just people, a drag on your energy.
0: It is, and I think people live. Okay. Here's a great example. And you may have, I'm sure you've heard this, but it was just came across the other day. Oh, Christ. Um, man. But now I blanked out again.
2: <laughs> That's okay. We're talking about a lot of stuff. So we are, but it about was living, it, living uh, in the past.
0: Yes. So what was the post about? But essentially, you know, living in the past is, like you said, pointless. That wasn't the story. I don't remember the story now, that I think. I, I don't remember what I was going to say. I know it had something to do with the past life or, or not past life, but your past period. So, but if you live in that state of, well, what happened 10 years ago, or I used to be the quarterback in high school, but now oh, yeah. you know, if, if you hang on to that, you're always going to be there. You're never going to go up. You're never going to raise your standards. You're never going to yeah. go any further than that.
2: I, I, tell pe- I tell people when they come here that have had success in the past, and it's not that I'm being cold or unappreciative of their experience or their knowledge, but I'll tell them, look, dude, I don't really give a shit what you did in the past, right? Like good or bad. I, I have people that I, that work for me. We Sometimes we call my – we not as much anymore, but we used to call – uh we call it like average Joe's gym. Right. Like I love giving people a second chance at at things. Um so if I have somebody that has some of uh you know less than it depends on what they did, you know, it depends on what what they did, right? Obviously of course. But people people fuck up. I messed up. So and and I wanna I, I love giving people a second chance. Um I don't want to hear about how you used to make a ton of money back in the day and you're awesome at what you do and you were making all this money and you should be making, dude, I don't care. Right. Right? What can that knowledge, yes, your past, but how can that knowledge from the past help you get back to where you want to be in the future? Not, not replace what you lost in the past. You, it's lost. That's the whole point of it. It's lost. You're not getting that back, get something different and better back. From the future, from your negative experiences, what I call it delayed winning, right? It's just delayed winning. So all the shit that I went through, where I thought I lost all—not that I, you know—I look, I would not want to go through what I went through again. I wouldn't wish that my worst enemy, not my worst enemy. Uh, but all of the what I thought I lost, in my old career, has made me exponentially better at what I do today where I see a, a more fulfilling life moving forward than being a corporate widget at some financial service firm where, where I had zero control of my compensation whatsoever. You know, you get the whole firm's not doing well, we cut your bonus. Uh, with somebody else in your region, lost money in their branch, we have to spread your bonus out. Like your bonus goes to somebody else. It, like it's all fucked up. That
0: so, is really fucked up.
2: That's uh, really bad stuff. But <laughs> so, so I look at like, okay, all the things that happened to me in the past just gave me better tools to succeed exponentially more in the future.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. And you know what? When you're in it, when you're in that nine years ago, in the bunk. it's yeah. hard to see that. But if you just stay the course and believe things are going to turn around, they are going to turn around. Especially right. if you're putting, 100%. In- yeah, you can't sit on your couch every day and expect, you know, a fucking mail to show up with the check. You got to do work. Not going to help you. No, it's not.
2: Right. Bible says God helps those who help themselves. I agree. Right. You, you know, you can't just sit and, and and pray and think everything's gonna. You got to do something. You got to action. Action cures so many things. Absolutely. One so. hundred. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Frank. Well, let me, let's go anyway. ahead and wrap up, dude. Yeah. I really appreciate this. I didn't know going into this, what kind of conversation we would have on with your, because you're in finances. I thought, well, this could go either way. I mean, who knows, but, but this <laughs> could conversation, be really boring. It could be, right. but this conversation was fucking perfect. I loved it. It was great.
2: Awesome. Well, yeah. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. I don't, I haven't really talked about my past much, uh, you know, when we go to the meetings, I'm pretty quiet. I, am a listener. I like to listen. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I think there's some, some, uh, I can help people with what I went through and, you know, I'm not, by any means I'm not, uh, you know, crazy successful yet. I'm do, I do okay. But, um, you know, I can add some, some help and help somebody out there listening to this. And that's, that's what gets me going. So I, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. I'll let you know before it drops. It's going to be probably two months because that's how far, that's how many people I've already interviewed. So, yeah. but I will let you know beforehand and, and we'll rock and roll, but man, it's awesome. has been such a pleasure, Frank. Thank you.
2: Awesome. I appreciate it. Bye, I'll see brother. you uh, in a couple of weeks.
0: Yep. See you later, brother.
3: Take care. Yeah.
1: Take care. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on successful life Podcast.com. This is the Successful Life.
3: Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination.